0: Yeah, so I'm Philip Brown, I'm the organiser of Coventry Climate Action Network and the website is covcan.uk and Coventry Climate Action Network is a, a, an organisation or a group that tries to bring together people within Coventry and the wider area, Warwickshire and towns around who are interested in climate change or environmental issues or related issues, to try and get people to work together or to be able to plan events or do things like that, and it's been going for a few years, I'm not sure exactly the exact date, uh, but anyway, and we have a website and a Facebook page and stuff like that. So that's who I am, and do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Yes, of course. Uh, so I'm Manon Hilaire. I'm a French student here in Erasmus. Uh, in a, you're in exchange here at Coventry University. And in France, I'm studying journalism. That's why I'm interested by to try it here in English and to practice it
0: here. Practice English?
1: Yeah, and journalism.
0: Both. And journalism. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, yeah.
1: Um, First, uh, I wanted to talk more, more about like the Coventry Climate Action, like just why it has been created, its goal and achievements, like just to know more about it.
0: Well, I mean, climate is obviously a huge issue, climate change, global warming. And we need to, I mean, every individual, in the world, basically, ideally needs to take action to reduce their carbon footprint. So from my point of view, I mean, I'm, I'm only one person um, involved with this, but from my point of view, the ultimate goal is to get individuals to take individual action within their lives to try to reduce their carbon footprint. But as well as that, we can do a lot of other things because obviously people are organised within companies, within schools, within city councils. Um, and the city council, who which is the local government, is a key player in this whole thing. But businesses as well, universities, there, is, there are o- o- large organisations which, which can do things and which are doing things, um, both to reduce their own carbon footprint and to try to persuade citizens and people and visitors to to do their things. So um, there is a lot that can be done. That's why it was set up fundamentally. It was actually started, the Coventry Climate Action Network, as I understand it, was started within Warwick University. So there's a a lady called India Foster who works there and she first registered, I think she created the Facebook page and did other things. And there is another person within the University of Warwick called David Chapman who now runs the Facebook page. From my point of view, I mean, that's the ultimate goal is to get individuals to change their behaviour and organisations but i think because it's a network we don't expect every citizen in the city to join the network i think it's a network of of those groups who are interested in businesses and other groups who will organize events to try and influence the public so the ultimate goal is to influence the public but to do that by organizing groups um, and maybe running activities. I mean, there is already a huge amount going on. Um, so, you know, we're, we're trying to support that and, and encourage it. That's the, that's the goal. How far we are successful is a different question, but that's that's the goal. I mean, it's obviously, it's obviously partly successful insofar as you've heard of it, and you've come to us to try and find out what we're doing. So it's we're not completely wasting our time, but... <laughs> I would question how, how really effective we are. And in fact, I mean, just to add a little bit extra, there are groups within Coventry who are already engaged within the network, but the very few of them who actually take part in the discussions, I don't think we've been very effective in uh, bringing them together um, or publicising their points of view, really. So I'm s- just now, in the spring of 2020, s- planning and starting to create podcasts where I will bring on or t- talk to these groups and let them explain what they're doing. So to give them a voice and to raise the profile of, of everybody in Coventry who's who's trying to do stuff. So yeah. first, this is the first podcast... But, yeah. So I'm glad you I'm glad you, you contacted us because it gives me a chance to explain what we're doing and what we're trying to achieve. So that's who I am. And, and what about you? Just tell me a little bit about who you are and what you're trying to achieve. Oh,
2: that's a huge
0: question. <laughs> I
1: don't know where to begin. Uh, well, oh,
0: <laughs> just... so what, you're a student, right? yeah
1: i'm studying political sciences because and where uh well here at coventry university but when i'm in france it's in lille in the north of france and uh i've decided to go there even it was like really far away from my house because i really wanted to study that with the journalism school because i i love journalism since like i'm a child so i was that's really cool for me and i'm really glad that i could try it here in english to try to improve it and yeah i'm looking forward to become a journalist in the future and to
0: but you you mentioned political
1: yeah yeah because it's like um a courses where i'm doing both uh, at the university and at the journalism school like it's a specific thing in france because uh in france we can enter in a journalism school only after three years of university so i'm doing my three years of university like right now i'm i'm in my third year so like next year i will go be able to go to a journalism school and in the meantime i'm training for uh exam because they're like a huge uh, exam to enter in the journalism school so I'm training it to be able
0: to enter yeah well I, hope, I wish you good luck with that <laughs> thank you so your, your course is is did you say political science what course you yeah.
1: political sciences
0: so where do where just because you we're talking today about environmental issues and climate issues where does that fit in with with the political science. It's not directly linked, I guess, is it? um
1: not exactly. It's just that I'm really interested in those subjects. So that's like all of it, not specifically, no.
0: Okay, good. Um, so you've got some questions you want to ask, I think, have you?
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, I also wanted to ask how would you consider the environmental politics here in England? Because like, for example, the UK have voted many laws uh, to con- considerably reduce the greenhouse gases. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, the government of Boris Johnson is considered as climate septic and not doing enough. So I was wondering, how would you consider it?
0: Well, I mean, I think you, you, you know that, that Britain was the host of COP26 last year in November. And that was a huge effort, um, and the, the UK backed it. I mean, pe- people obviously have different opinions about what they did, but I think they did their best to to engage with people and to 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 persuade governments to undertake to reduce their their carbon footprint um and they had some failures and they had some successes so it was i mean it's not clear but these things are never 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 huge successes they're always they're always a mixture but i think by and large the uk government has tried to do the right thing, I mean, this is only my opinion, it's not the opinion of the Carbon Climate Action Network, It's tried to do the right thing, for example, by undertaking to phase out the, res- the selling of new fossil fuel vehicles. It's given a, d- a date for that, to force companies to, to get their minds around switching over to, to battery-powered cars, for example, um, and there, are, I mean, I haven't got a, a list of uh, with me of of what the governments pledged to do, but certainly it's, it's it has it's trying to be to move towards being carbon neutral. I mean, many governments have uh, have undertaken to do that. Um, unfortunately, the pledges that they have, most governments have made will not achieve. What they say they want to achieve. I mean, there are the it's easy to make a promise, um, but the promises they make are not sufficient. And having made the promises, it's it's difficult to actually implement them. So a lot of governments are behind implementing the promises that they've already made. I mean, they made promises four years ago, um, which most of them have failed to achieve so far and you know we're moving in the wrong direction the COVID, all the Covid business um, and the economic consequences of that have, have moved a lot of countries in the wrong direction because the economic forces governments are ruled by, by short-term economic forces because they have to try and get elected most governments anyway. And even those governments that are not democratic um, still need the support of their people. And individuals, you know, want to want their their lives to get back to normal, they want their economies to continue, they want to have fuel to run their cars and all those kinds of things. So it is, I can understand it's very difficult for governments to do what's necessary. Um,
2: yeah, so does that answer the question?
1: Yeah, pretty much, yeah, <laughs> thank you.
0: Okay, so yeah, I think that's where what we're trying to achieve and where the, where the government, you know, is the government achieve doing what it should do? No. But you know, if it did what it should do it wouldn't get elected again. Governments, you know, that did what they ought to do are just not going to get elected, in my opinion, anyway, because it's it's going to be tough. We need to be really... People need to completely change their way of life. Fundamentally, we need to stop driving around in, in fuel, fossil fuel cars. We need to stop generating electricity with fossil fuels. We, we need to be completely re- renewable, and sustainable today you know and that ain't going to happen there's an article on our website that describes the amount of money it would cost to switch over to fossil fuel generation of just of electricity no switch over from fossil fuel to renewable and it would cost nine billion dollars a day that's roughly the cost of building a new power station the world needs to spend that for the next thirty years. The total cost would be a hundred trillion dollars. Countries are just not prepared. You know, we, we, that's huge, huge expenditure. Which you know, countries have got other priorities? So I'm, I'm not. I'm not optimistic about where we're going. To be honest.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs>
0: Well, it's. I mean, it's your fault. It's my fault. It's all our fault because we don't do what we should be doing, which is voting for green parties that say we're going to close all, you know. We, we, people vote in the traditional way they carry out. They want their lives. They want to go on holiday. They want to drive to work. They're, and I'm just as guilty as everybody else, although I'm making it what I think is, a, is an effort. You know, but it, it's not enough. It, uh,
2: no,
1: never is.
0: It's tough.
2: Yeah,
0: it's the big. I think it's the biggest issue we've got. I mean, you know, the, the Russian invasion of Ukraine is what's in the news.
2: Yeah,
0: the Russian invasion of Ukraine is is trivial compared to the problem we've got with climate change. Really, I think. But who would would agree with me? Not many people. Because we're afraid of losing our freedom. We want our democracy. We want our, you know, we don't want war. We want peace. And Putin seems like a crazy man who wants war. And that's, you know, for most people, that's what matters. Climate change is, in the future, some way off. And who, you know, we don't, we're not, we human beings, we think about tomorrow. We think about you know the next summer holiday. We think about our lives, our children,
2: and the fact that climate change is going to is going to cause huge problem for our children is not is not the way
0: people look at it. They think about you know buying them clothes and getting them to school and stuff. Yeah.
1: They don't see the
0: emergency politicians should be the guys who are dealing with the long-term issues but they I mean either they have to get elected so they can't they can't do what's necessary or like China for instance where they don't have to get elected because it's it's a one-party state and they've got a dictatorship but still they spend their you know, they're the world's, I think they're either the world's largest fossil fuel user or second largest, soon will be largest. I think the United States is the largest. So they ain't going to change because they want their country to be rich. Yep. Here's a huge problem. Yep. Not to mention all the other issues like the environmental issues. So what are we doing to wild animals and Plants and diseases. I mean, it's huge.
1: Yes,
0: (laughs) it's easy to become depressed with all of this. (laughs) You have to. You have to try, don't you? You have to do your best, even if, like me, you think you ain't going to succeed. You have to try. There's no other way. And be optim, be as optimistic as you can be, even though fundamentally. I'm I'm not optimistic. You have to try. I mean, you can be optimistic in the little things, like my podcast, for instance. You know, I'm optimistic with that. You ain't going to change the world. You ain't going to achieve a huge amount. But, you know, I'm optimistic. I can do it. You you have to do what you can do.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Um, what else remains to be done do you think regarding like environmental, ac- environmental actions like what are you expecting from the government like if there were like no rules of re-election and everything what should be done
0: no rules of re-election
1: As you, you told me that uh, government have to please the citizens to be re-elected and to done things that be related, but if they were not this obstacle, what should they do?
2: If
0: if what?
1: Um, if this obstac- obstacle is Obst- that a word? Ob- yeah? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> if that was if it was not this obstacle, what the government should do? Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, they should put climate change
0: as the top priority for every pound, every dollar that's spent, they should should think, is this money helping to reduce our carbon footprint?
2: Um, Because
0: there are multiple forces on government. For instance, if you have to make a choice between for instance, building a new power station, a new a new a nuclear or a wind farm power station, and giving money to people who are unemployed or, or spending money on the health service. You know, how do you how do you make those those decisions? That's very difficult. It's a balance, isn't it? You've only got so much money. I mean, if you look at what happened in France, so you're a French lady. Yes, I am. You remember what happened? I was in France. Well, I was on the border between France and Switzerland in 2019, I think, when Macron introduced the, the tax on petrol. Yes. And I was there when the, the Gilets Jaunes, the yellow vested people came out. So, where I was in, near the hotel where I was living, there was um, a supermarket, it wasn't a car, for it was a, one of the others, but anyway. And they closed the entrance so cars could not go into the, the supermarket. I could, I could because I was on foot, I hadn't got a car, so I walked in, walked past them, and walked out again with no problem. I mean, and that, and, and they did that because Macron was trying to add a tax. to to fossil fuels in order to pay for, I mean, the money that was going to, as I understand it, anyway, I could be wrong. I think the money he was trying to raise was intended to be spent on reducing climate change. I think that was the reason. Well, they they also
1: to prevent people to... Use their car because if it was uh, more expensive, less people would want to use.
0: Oil. Well, I think I, I thought he'd, he'd dedicate, he'd, he'd said what was going to happen to the tax that was raised.
1: Yeah, it was like
0: both, like. Uh, oh, yeah, both. But uh, I mean, in France is a huge country. A lot of people live in the countryside, and they the public transport in most of France is rubbish. And therefore they, there is no public transport for them to get to work or to, you know, get to school or whatever, and they have to have their cars. So, you know, so that compl- collapsed, didn't it? And and since then he's been even more unpopular than he was before. So it's, you know, he tried and he failed, as far as I can see. And, you know, yeah, will he be, you know... If he continued, if he if it, because he reversed that tax, didn't he? If he continued with the tax, I think he reversed it. Yeah, yeah, he did. Though. Yeah, yeah. Or well, even, think... if, even if he'd increased it, how how likely would it be that he he would have he would be able to continue in office? I mean, now the next election is coming up. It's quite possible he'll be elected again. But I don't know that he would have been. I mean, the gillet have gone on to other things, have they?
1: Yeah, but no. I think that if we helped those people with like like uh, financially help them, they would be like more willing to agree on this new rules about because um, like those people weren't like against like environmental policies. They were just out of money. I mean, they were just like them, it was just like the today. I don't have money to go to work if the oil is more expensive, so yeah. Yeah. I can't deal with it. It's not,
0: but what, what could he have done? I mean, uh, if, he, if he'd given them the money back, they would have just spent it on, on petrol. The only way to get around the problem is to build millions of electric vehicles. That's just not going to happen, that's not a short term thing. We're we're trapped, you know, in order to keep our civilizations going, we have to use fossil fuels. We have no choice. Although, I mean, there are things you can do to, to reduce the issue. Like, for example, us two now, we're talking through, you know, electronic means rather than go into a, travel into an event to talk face to face. You know, so... Video, video conferencing is one step towards reducing fossil fuels usage. Um, yeah. So there are things that can be done, but to change the whole of, of our industrial fossil, fossil fuel-based economies is such a huge problem. It's just, it's just going to take many years and that's the problem because in those many years, climate change just carries
2: on. Yeah,
1: <sighs> yeah. <laughs> and I just also have a question, but it's more like for me because I don't understand how it's working here about recycling. Because I don't know, like, um, I mean, in my accommodation we don't recycle. There is only one bin, and that's the case for all of my friends who are living in. Like many different accommodation here in Coventry, so I was wondering, is recycle like a thing? Is it like a mandatory to recycle? Like how it's working here?
0: So, as in France, the local council, local government provides. Well. It's slightly different in 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 the UK in Coventry certainly the local council provides different types of bin where people put their rubbish, and they provide three three bins, and I think this is throughout the city. So one's for general waste, which is not recyclable and not food. They provide a second bin for stuff that's recyclable, but they limit what they consider to be recyclable to certain plastics there are some plastics they won't take and paper and metal containers for example drinks or food containers and then there's a third bin which is for food waste or plant waste so Mm -hmm. stuff that can be degraded biologically and as i as i understand it in theory, every house should have access to those three different types of bin now i guess if you're living in rented accommodation the the landlord might not have room or might not have accepted those bins because they don't it's not it's not a legal obligation you're not obliged to do it um and some people refuse to do it. I mean so my neighbour for instance said well we should be able to put everything in the same bin and the council should sort it out you know rather than us having to do all this work. Finally his son persuaded him <laughs> that he should be using the recycle bin so he does that now. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, some people are just you know they just object to being told what to do um and they don't they don't want to bother um but yeah so what you could do if you're in a situation if you're in rented accommodation you haven't got the three bins you could ask your landlord if it's possible to get these three bins it depends what space there is what room there is i mean some 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 property just hasn't got enough room yeah but i
1: Big, big thing so that would like a lots of things like well, I, I don't know why but like all of my friends who live in different accommodation no one has something to recycle it breaks my heart to like waste everything in the same bin.
0: Well at the moment as you probably know the people who collect the refuse are on strike. Yeah I've heard about it. And so at the moment, they're only collecting the general household waste. They're not collecting the food waste or the recyclable waste. But you can take, if you have, if you have large bin, large plastic bags, you could put your recycling into the plastic bags and you could take it to one of the few centralised places where they accept it. But most people don't do that. I don't do that. Um, So, yeah, I mean, so at the moment, things are a bit unusual. In the future, once that strike is over, I guess if your your landlord won't give you, won't ask the council for a recycling bin, then again, you could collect your own recycling, but where you would then deliver that, because those temporary centres are going to close, I don't know, it might be possible, but... I can't see many people doing that.
1: And why are they on strike?
0: Money. They they want more. They want more money. They want more cash. Okay. I mean, it all usually these things come down to money in people's pockets. You know, we've had a lot of cutbacks. So local government, for instance, city councils all over. England and probably all over the UK, because of the financial crisis in the 2000s, when the banks collapsed and all that, the central government has vastly reduced the payments it makes to local governments. So local governments have cut back their services, and that's continuing, that will continue. So yeah, it's very, very difficult. And that doesn't help because you know if we're going to solve climate change, we need money. And these are tight, these are these there isn't there isn't spare money basically. Governments had to cut back. And you know, times are very hard. People's wages have gone down. Well, compared to the real price of things. Yeah. That's going to get worse because as a result of COVID and all the or the communications issues, inflation is taking off. It's, it's not a good time. Yeah. However, having said that, people can still make changes in their lives to both reduce their carbon footprint and reduce the costs. You know, buying, buying food that can be recycled or buying food without all the plastic packaging, you can get cheaper food that way. If you, if you try, um, people can walk instead of using their cars. There are things that can be done. And that's part of what this can is trying to do, is educate people about what they can do to both reduce your carbon footprint and save money and get healthier as well. Yes. That's what we want
2: to do.
1: Well, thank you answering
2: all my questions. Okay.